This episode of the Policing Matters podcast is sponsored by Lexible and their digital media community, Police One. Access free COVID-19 policies, courses, and additional resources through Lexipol's Coronavirus Learning and Policy Center. Available at coronavirus.lexipol.com. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, I don't know who said it or when, but some genius marketing person probably working for McDonald's or maybe even a cigarette company said at one point in the late 60s, get them while they're young. Uh, and it's been my contention for at least 10 years now that the the best path to have law enforcement be better perceived by the public is to engage with the youth, is mm-hmm. to work with kids. Um because there's so many folks who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, what have you, who have already got preconceived notions, and we're not going to change their minds. Mm. Um, but kids can be um, influenced positively by things like police athletic leagues, explorer programs, cadet programs, uh, school resource officers. Um, simply working with a child if you have to go to a domestic call, right? There's going to be... the mom and dad are having their issue, have one of the officers who is there address the child and say, this is what's happening. Your parents are both going to be safe. You're going to be safe. And engage the child in a way that they will have a positive memory of a potentially very negative experience. Sure. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, you're seeing it more and more that it is mandated in uh, crime scene response and uh, especially with domestic violence or uh, child-related calls for service that it's it's mandatory that you interview the child make sure that the child's taken care of and um, that any information that they may have that you would otherwise overlook is is conveyed to your your reporting Um, I tell you take you back I was 12 years old living in San Francisco low-income neighborhood in San Francisco, one of seven kids. I was 11, maybe. My bicycle was stolen. Oh, yeah. You've told me this story. Yeah. And I uh, went upstairs, told my mom, and uh, she said, well, here's the number to the police if you want to report it. I'm like, what? And she said, I think she was thinking at the time I would either say no, I didn't want to do it, Mm -hmm. or if I called, they would laugh and hang up. Well, guess what? Uh, A cop came to our house. And my mom said, go out and deal with them. So I was afraid, intimidated. I went outside to tell the officer that I, my bicycle was stolen, and that was that. I was going to turn around and walk back on. The, guy, the impression I got put me in the chair I'm in today. I honestly believe that, that mm-hmm. the officer who came out um, expressed concern but humor in a way that an 11-year-old could relate to, um, respecting uh, his position. I um, told him about uh, my bike and where it was parked and, and all the things that went along with it, the description of the bike. He he actually looked like he was writing in his notebook. Whether or not he made a report, I'll never know. But the fact that he gave me five or eight minutes of his time made a huge impression on me. Mm-hmm. And 
I say it often that cops are ambassadors to their department and to the profession. And if you take an extra minute for not just kids, but any kind of crime victim or a reportee that has taken the steps to contact you or to approach you to let you know that uh, they're concerned about something or they want to convey some info to you, take the time to receive it. And you can throw humor in the interaction, but um, express interest. And it goes an awful long way. So I think that was the seedling that got me interested in the profession um, as I grew up in, in San Francisco and out um, and got interested in criminal justice uh, classes. I got more interested in, the, in law enforcement. And I, of course, I joined up. Where do I sign? And if you ask me, the answer is best job I ever had. Yeah. We've done all the things you're talking about in San Francisco, and I've been across the country, um, cops and kids programs. I don't know, if you can start as early as you can in cops reading programs to pre-K kids, kindergarten kids, first grade kids, cat in the hat, go in uniform, read in a classroom, you're making an impression on kids who probably have never seen a cop, much less talked to a cop or saw a cop in person. Um, and it's that pro projection that you are under the scrutiny of these young minds and you're making that impression that will probably last them a lifetime. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pardon my intrusion, my interruption, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I want to I make um, a point about the distinction between what we were just talking about, which is that informal, unplanned, um, impromptu interaction with a child, right? Whether that's, you know, you see videos on Facebook and Twitter and stuff of snowball fights or, you know, like a cop stopping and shooting baskets, you know, with a kid who's just shooting by himself right, in the driveway. Right. Um, Riding know, a skateboard down the middle of the street. Exactly. Those, those are very informal, impromptu, improvised kind of in in the moment kind of interactions. Yeah. But I also want to talk about the and this is where an agency has to make an investment and officers have to make a real investment in time and money in things like the police athletic league, um, in explorer programs, in cadet programs, where you actually have to have an organized strategic approach to you know, recruiting kids into the program, making sure that they're, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, if it's judo or if it's, you know, the cadet program. And I know we've got both of those here in San Francisco. Oh, we've got, we've a got ton all kinds of, them. of stuff. A ton of them. In San Francisco. Fishing programs, yep. fishing on the bay, fishing in the lakes. We've got uh, cheerleaders programs for uh, anyone who wants to be a cheerleader. We have uh, peewee football, basketball, yep. little league all coached by cops, and the kids know they're cops. Um, school resource officer programs make a big impact. Um, but if you are in a rural or a, a, an area, not a city, I mean, San Francisco, we could afford to do that because we had close to 2,000 officers at one time. So could you dedicate two officers to a youth program where they take kids to a football game, a baseball game, whitewater rafting, uh, college games, kayaking, um, fishing, all these other things. Yeah, we could afford it. You may not be able to, but you could volunteer after hours, on the weekends, um, national night out. Mm -hmm. Why can't your chief do a national day out 
once a month, um, and then tailor them to fit your region. If you're in an area that gets snow, cross-country skiing, yep. skiing, sledding, you name it. Anything that's got to deal with snow, do it. Dirt biking, climbing, uh, woods, lakes, mountains, oceans, whatever you have, use it to your advantage. Yeah. I want to also make sure that we address the fact that law enforcement officers um, all over the country are highly involved in children's charities, highly involved in making sure that they're um, – so cancer research, St. Baldrick's, you know, that's it's an annual thing in March where cops get their heads shaved in, you know, in basically in honor of the kids who have no hair because they're going through cancer treatment. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, uh, Special Olympics, the runs, the torch, you know, all the Polar different... Polar plunge. Exactly. All the different things that cops do to help raise money, raise awareness, autism awareness for yeah, children. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that officers do that aren't necessarily immediately seen by the children. Yeah. Right? But no, and you have raise, a huge impact on their welfare and their well-being. Yeah, and the families see it too. I mean, yes. you raise money, uh, you raise awareness. Uh, for Special Olympics, Northern California, near and dear to my heart, Um, We've participated in so many fundraisers for them, and some of them can be fun and a little scary. Uh, (laughs) The Polar Plunge, um, jumping in the bay with 50-degree water in December. Um, I rappelled 440 feet off of uh, a downtown hotel near Union Square and raised $1,000 for Special Olympics. So, yeah, there's all kinds of programs. You don't have to reinvent the wheel Take a look for them or uh, shoot us an email and I'll, I'll tell you what's out there. Yeah. I mean, there's like you'd mentioned, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are lots of opportunities to basically take a, a model program that's been done here in San Francisco or in any other agency in your you know, nearby area. And just replicate that and scale it to your capabilities. Like you'd mentioned, if you're in a, a small you know, agency of two or three or four officers, you're not going to be able to do the things that can be done here, but you can do something. And I think that that's, that's kind of where, where I'm coming from is that, you know, going back to the original statement, get them when they're young. There's so many kids who just want to have a really nice experience with a cop, and all you have to do is throw the football, throw the baseball, throw the basketball, skateboard down the middle of the street, do whatever it is, that little tiny impromptu improvised interaction, or, again, organizing a program like the Cadet or Explorer or Police Athletic League. Uh, what are you guys doing in your jurisdiction? What are you doing um, for your kids? Uh, send us an email to policingmatters at policeone.com. That is policingmatters at policeone.com. Thank you again for listening.